Good evening. We formally welcome you to the Ice Cream Parlor. Yes, I'm your host tonight, Stefan, and this is my lovely co-host, Heidi. And How dare you accuse me of being lovely? <laughs> and, hey, welcome uh, back to the Ice Cream Parlor. Yes, we're back again with another episode. Um, where we love to talk about horror movies eventually, eventually. right? Eventually. <laughs> this is that our new catchphrase. It used to be, there will be spoilers. Now it's eventually. I mean, eventually. the thing is, we talk a lot. That's okay, though. I think that's exactly what a podcast is about, talking. So there's nothing wrong with that. But we could talk about how summer vacation's over, right? Summer vacation's over. Kids are back to school. For, for your kids, yeah. Not us, really. I mean, I'm always working. You know, we're always trying to... I'm always working. Yeah, exactly. So summer vacation is over for your kids, and that's sort of, uh, you know, you, you all ready for that? I mean, because obviously this is now social distance learning and Zoom calls and all that, so. Yeah, I'm confident in my kids' ability to successfully succeed. And I mean, like I mentioned, they did great in summer school. So when they left school and immediately started the social distancing in back in March. Oh my God, so long ago it feels. Yeah, like. No, it feels so long ago. Um, it back, is so long ago. Yeah, back in March they had to like suddenly, you know, kind of like a free for all, and a lot of the classes were either pass or fail as opposed to a letter grades. Mm-hmm. But summer session was different. They had time. Teachers and staff had time to plan things a little bit differently. So it was very well structured. There were check-ins. There was attendance. You know, I, I thought it was great. My kids got straight A's there. Uh, for one kid, it was the norm, straight A's all the time. And the other kid, it was like brand new. And it was like, holy shit, straight A's. Let's do this. So I'm kind of really excited about it. I, I, I trust that they'll yeah, do you well. you think they're going to do better in this yeah. setup. Well, the thing is, people forget that kids learn differently. Yep, absolutely. Like every kid will learn differently. Yeah. And my kids, you know, they seem to do their best when they're less distracted with other children and the, the pressures of being in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the good kind of distractions. Like me, I always work better when I have headphones in. So do my children. Sure, yeah. It's going to save some people on some gas money. They're not yeah. taking the bus or walking, you know. That's right. Like to I, and from work, uh, school every day. Well, so we live in Inglewood. Work and school was in Santa Monica. And it was very, very hard, I guess, in certain ways because we'd have to get up at 5.30 in the morning. Everybody had to shower, get ready for the day, have breakfast, then head on out by 6.30 to be able to drop off the first one at school, drop off the second one of school, and then make it to work. Mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon, it was pick them up from school. Like school would, like I'd get off at five. Sometimes I'd get home at six or seven. Yeah, so things are going to be a little bit easier, um, a little bit easier in some regards. But I mean, there's also that social component. They can make a lot of things up if they need to. I'd rather them be safe and at home. Yeah. Um, regardless, but I was able to save a ton of money on school supplies this year. What I did was I got them a rocket notebook, and it's just a reusable. Um, yeah, I've seen Notepad. you use that for the yeah, podcast I use that for, for your notes. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, you just use it with a friction pen, and then you can just erase it just with the cloth. That's cool. And you can reuse it. Otherwise, I'm buying one notebook per class, like three per semester if I'm lucky, yeah. per kid, and that's just notebooks. Yeah. Let alone binder paper. Or anyway, I think I think in a lot of ways it'll make us recognize which areas where we can work smarter versus doing the same old traditional write everything down like you can still write everything down i know that when i take notes um i copy them over and it just it retain like i retain the, the right. information you know what i mean well, so there's still you can still 
um, reinforce the better ways of learning for your child, no problem. I just think it saved me a lot on school supplies. It saved me a lot on back to school shopping. Although the kids, you know, they get clothes all the time anyway. Well, maybe it'd be cool if we could get uh, Rocketbook to sponsor the podcast, you know, that'd be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, I've been using Rocketbook for a long time and I recently just got Rocketbook pa Panda Planner because I always use the Panda Planner. Oh, that's theirs too? No, they didn't get, oh. no, no, no. Panda Planner was different. Right, and that's yeah, the Panda okay. Planner. That's where I, it's one quarter at a time. Like, so three months at a time. And it's just a regular planner. They have monthly, then they have weekly, then they have daily sections of your, just a regular calendar planner. Um, but then they merged for this project with Rocketbook. And so now there's a reusable one because I used to have to either throw one out or figure out how to store all this sensitive information um, every, like, so four times a year. So I'd have to, so anyway, I'm excited that they have this new you know, version. And I loved it because it has a rocket app. And what you do is there's a key at the bottom. Yeah, I saw that. And you just mark where you want it to go and you just take a picture with the app and automatically either adds it to your uh, Google yeah, Drive that's, that's or pretty cool. emails it to you or puts it on your Evernote or whatever Dropbox or whatever you use. And uh, it's super easy. Yeah. Um, I have it set up so that the kids have each one of their classrooms and, you know, if they have to write out homework, they just take a picture with the app and it automatically either puts it into a folder on their Google Drive or automatically emails it to the teacher. Yeah, that's nice. Um, you know, I, it, it is, uh, we are smarter. fortunate. Yeah, I know um, we're talking about your kids going back to school. It's fortunate that they have that opportunity because obviously we know a lot of people that don't necessarily have that opportunity as well. Like. Philly Watts, our, our good friend who made the opening intro music right. um, and outro music for the podcast. And he's your yes, and he also played bass in DTI. Um, he's going back to school tomorrow too with kids, and and they're there. You know, like it's uh, it's it's not completely right. all online and virtual right. and whatever. Right. And, and who knows what they're up for? You know, it's a work in progress. They're gonna have to figure it out as they go. Yeah, so. I think it really sucks. Like you saw in Georgia when they first opened up, like they were closed right back up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, again, and this I is said, Florida we're talking about, so we know it's yeah. kind of crazy over there. And it's just, I don't know, it's just really scary. I um, I can't imagine wanting, I understand that people are scared of what the society is now because of the uncertainty about the, the pandemic and everything, but I can't imagine being so fucking weak and scared of change that you're going to sacrifice the children to give everybody a sense of normalcy. Yeah. Well, these times like this show a couple things. And one of the things is that they does show that there's people on both sides of the fence and maybe even uh, not, maybe the fence doesn't even just have two sides is what I'm trying to say. It divides people and it splits them into different categories. And you get to see like, cause a lot of times we walk around and we're like, well, I, I can't even believe that there's people out there in the world that think that way. Yeah. Like, but idiots now that, you see that there clearly are. Yeah. Like you see idiots that attack retail workers because they're trying to enforce the mask policy. You know, it's stupid. Yeah. It just brings out the worst in people. The times are already tough enough. There's already so much craziness right. going like, on. And then, you know, it just kind of drives people over the edge a little bit more. It's like when you have like a zombie movie or a post-apocalyptic movie or something and there's marauders, right? It's like when you're in a horror movie and you realize that the biggest threat isn't this monster. The biggest threat is the other bad guy. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, hold, please. I need to let Josie into the 
get rid of the box. Sorry. Um, so what I was saying is, you know how in some horror movies, or just movies, people are trying to survive, but there was always that one bad guy that's like, but this, you know? Like, but right. I need to get back at this guy instead of everybody working cohesively as a team to try to make things better. There's that bad guy that, but I need this. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know? And so all we're doing is we're identifying the villains in the real life horror movie that is right now. Yeah. But on their side of the fence, and I'm, I'm just saying they look at us as being the villains or whatever, you know, it's, it's one of because those things Because we're making where, them wear a mask? Holy well, shit. There was somebody that posted, oh, you know, if we really needed to wear masks, then... Why? Uh, why haven't we adapted to have masks? And somebody's like, "Well, you do wear shoes, right?" Absolutely. It's like, yeah. It's like it's back in the eighties, nobody wore a seatbelt, and then they had to wear a seatbelt, and it was a similar kind of shit. But guess what? Now it's everybody has to wear a seatbelt. Sure. And maybe we won't have to wear face masks for a long time, but at least do it now so we get back on track. By the way, icecreampodcast.com/slash/shop. You can find these wonderful masks. All right, anyway. Um, yeah. But, like, it's not like we're going to have to wear masks forever. And well, it I damn and it sure hope we don't have to. And it doesn't mean that things are changing forever. There are some things, hopefully, that will be better. Um, I always have had, you you know, I have issues with germs anyway. I'm always like, I don't want to touch that. Uh, take your shoes off before you come into my house. There's sanitizer and antibacterial spray by my door. Like, I'm like that anyway. But to be perfectly honest, in the beginning of this, back in April... I wasn't taking it serious. You know, um, when somebody at my job showed up with a mask before lockdown even happened, we were kind of like, of course he's wearing a mask. Yeah, you know? I understand. But it was, but, and it was like weird, but because we didn't understand the severity of it. Right. Nobody did. I mean, it just sort of was a kind of like, um, a joke at first and we were like, oh, it'll, it'll pass. And then now yeah, here we but, are almost in September. Right. But we were lucky enough that I was already, I'm already a germaphobe. So I didn't have to worry about, oh, shit, everything is sold out because we already had everything. Sure. Look, I don't know really what to say about it because I agree with you. I just like to... I'm not trying to argue. No, no, I'm not <laughs> arguing with you either. I just, I, I look at it like I, there's people that are do dumb shit and you're never going to, I don't know, they're, they're going to be there. They're always going to be there, whether it's one or half the population or whatever. And... Right now, everybody's trying to do what they think is best for themselves, even the people that are doing something wrong. So what what are you going to do? You know, you just got to try to change yourself and live your own way. So like you said, you have the sanitizer, you have everything ready to go. That's great. So you're doing your job and, you know, I'm doing my job and hopefully we all do our job together. So what I'm saying is, what does it hurt to wear a mask? It doesn't actually cut I'm off. Not, your, I, I like, I'm not saying on, yeah. you don't. I know. I'm just speaking in general. Like, so there's people that are so adamant about wearing masks. What does it hurt? And if if we're wrong, we're wrong. But it doesn't cut off circulation. It doesn't cut off your ability to breathe. You know, like it doesn't do any of those things. Sure, but you know, I, I don't know. I guess I don't really truly believe in a utopian society where everybody's just going to follow well, suit. Well, that's obviously a reality <laughs> because there are people here that being absolute shits. Yeah. I mean, people suck. And a lot of the times people make their decisions based on fear. And oftentimes when you have these decisions that are based on fear, they're not always going to be rational. They're not going to be something you probably would have even thought you would do, you know, sober. You know, the things that you would have done you know, if you're in the right frame of mind, like fear makes you do some fucked up shit sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. fear makes you be resilient. Sometimes it makes you into a fucking dick shit. Yep. It can also drive you crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Somewhat like a basket case. <laughs> this week we watched the basket case. 
It was a movie from the year of my birth, 1982. Yeah. Um, this movie's as old as I am. We, this was, uh, I had never heard of this movie before. I mean, you know, it was. So actually, this movie was recommended. I want to get their handle right. Oh, I forgot that this movie was recommended. I thought that it it was from the documentary again that we watched, but I guess it just jogged your memory that someone had re- recommended it or something. Because we turned on that documentary and you were like, oh shit, we got to watch Basket Case. God damn it. I didn't write it down. Actually, this movie was recommended by somebody on Twitter and I can't get their handle. I'm sorry. I'm sh- I forget. But, it's all right. We'll um, find it later and we'll put it in the show notes but, or whatever if you want to. So I can't find the handle, but it was a conversation I was having on Twitter um, at Ice Cream Podcast, I think is our handle, right? Yeah. You don't know our handle? <laughs> I don't fucking know. And, and I was ha- having a conversation and, and it was touted as the sickest movie I've ever watched by, by some movie reviewer when the movie came mm. out in the 80s. Now... I don't like those assessments because it's never really the sickest movie. But... It did have some very, very sick yeah. elements, especially for the time, 1982. For the time. And, and it, it, like, it sparked interest in me because I'd seen the box art before. Uh, and I never thought to get it because I'm like, that's kind of another Peeping Tom kind of movie, you know? Because it's like the blind and somebody looking out through it, which looks like, but it's actually a basket and somebody peeking out through it, you know? Sure. So I never really had that much interest in it. But then when we watched that 80s horror doc, uh, yeah, the into, into the Darkness, into the darkness, that's when I'm like, oh, shit, we have to watch the movie. I forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, again, never heard of this movie. And uh, I'm, I'm pleasantly so surprised it. watching it. Yeah, exactly. Um, these are all like, again, very fun movies for me to watch now as an adult. And just, you know, it's it's very especially during this uh isolated quarantine type of time you know we've got a little bit more time on our hands and it's fun to be able to you know just go back and revisit these with no judgment or no expectations at all you know um i don't know the details of the movie obviously that's something that you you do much better at as far as like who directed it and so who's it was in it written and directed by frank hennenlauder and this was his about first right. it was his first directorial feature film directorial debut um, so he admitted that he did not know what he was doing when he was doing this movie. And <laughs> it's a very low budget movie. It was like $35,000 to make. So it's like cost about as much as my car to make. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, you know, but sometimes it's, it's art, you know, it's, you don't necessarily have to have a lot of money to make good art. You can still. Yeah. I think they did a great elements. job. It's raw. It's gritty. It's disgusting. It's cheap. <laughs> and yeah. you know, it, it's awesome. Um, do you consider this one to be like a kind of campy movie where it's like, you know? Well, it's like a horror co- comedy, comedy horror type kind thing, of thing. Yeah. Um, and it stars Kevin Van Henterick as Dwayne, um, Dwayne Bradley. Yeah, there's a lot of extra syllables in a lot of these last names in yes. the movie. And he also provided the face model or whatever, the mold for Belial Bradley, who is... Also in really? the story. Interesting. Yeah. And it stars Terry Susan Smith, who is the love interest, who wears a wig the whole time. Yeah. And this is like the last movie we watched where yeah, the yeah, dude yeah. was wearing the a toupee or whatever. Um, but the wig, like when I see a wig, I'm like, oh, I wish they would have had a better wig because then I'm like so distracted by the wig. Anyway. Sure. Well, low like budget people, movies. You kind know. of like when people put their shoes on their bed, like 
Mm-hmm. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. That's how you get coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> um, it also stars a lot of other interesting characters because this movie takes place in 1980s New York. Seedy New York, dirty. The New last, York. yeah, the last probably couple years where New York was, New York was like really grimy and and dirty, and it was just like, like it starts the movie starts with um, well, Dwayne Bradley kind of walking through New York and and he's carrying this basket, but it's like it's so gritty you can feel like the stickiness in the mm-hmm. air. Yeah, there's drug dealers, prostitutes, whorehouses, porno theaters. Um, it's, it's the New York that doesn't exist anymore today. Like Um, when I think of New York, I think of like yuppies and kind of like American psycho kind of, like uh, wall street professionals. Professionals, Yeah. 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 Uh, But everybody very stylish and mod, Mm -hmm. but uh, I don't think of this seedy, very nasty, like dark place. Mm -hmm. And it is very much in this movie. Yeah. Uh, And it's kind of like super delicious. You know what I mean? Like you look at it and you're like, holy shit. Like you kind of want to be there, but you are so glad that, you know, you've (laughs) had all your vaccines. You (laughs) Um, You need a tetanus shot after watching this movie. Yeah. This, so this movie we forgot to mention does start off with a kill right away. Before we get to the New York scene, there's this doctor or whatever that we see oh, who gets right. killed, you know, right. in the opening scene. And that's another like, bam, let's get into it right away. You know, like. Yeah, la- absolutely. La- so, and some nice gashes and blood absolutely. effects and stuff like that. So there's, the, the movie actually, the movie starts like this. There is a man and he is in front of his house, which seems to be in the woods or in the outskirts somewhere. Yeah, some probably upstate New York uh, town or something. I don't know the East Coast. And He's like feels like somebody's following him. Somebody's watching him. Somebody's up to no good. Doesn't he have like some briefcase? He's got a briefcase with documents in it, and he is getting into his house. He goes to the house and he tries to call for help. The phone lines get cut. Yeah. And suddenly we see that he's attacked, and there are gashes and like right. The special effects were not bad for being such a low budget. Yeah, practical special effects, right? Mm -hmm. So. It uh, it is very very gross, but we see blood splatter on this one specific document file folder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the movie goes to New York. Yeah, the seedy, grimy New York. Yeah. Now there's this, you know, hip young guy who looks like he's out from the Boondocks. So mm-hmm. wait, the Boondocks, yeah. the Boonies. We call it the. Boonies well, he looks here. strange because he is walking around with a basket in the he middle of New York. Basket. So <laughs> like what I would do probably maybe is a backpack. Maybe a stroller. Sure, yeah. Oh, you know, but a basket. A basket, right. Like, but, I'm talking about a big basket. Like, imagine having to hold something, like, at about the, like, the handles at about the distancing of your armpits. You know what I mean? That's, like, a lot of armor. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, he gets confronted by a drug dealer who offers him probably every drug imaginable. And every kind and, of woman. And he, yeah, and he turns it all down. He's like, well, fuck you, uh, then. <laughs> yeah. Again, he's just on his mission with his basket trying to find basically a little hotel or a little room to stay He's at. looking for somewhere to stay. Yeah. Uh, which he does come across. And he finds this, uh, I think it's called the Hotel Broslin. Hotel Broslin. Yeah. That's right. And it is uh, the first hotel he, ha- motel he happens to come across. Um, and he gets a room. Well, it wouldn't be a motel. It would be a hotel, I think. Hotels have restaurants or dine-in options. Motels don't. No, but I think... First of all, it says hotel in the name. I know, but I'm telling you, as somebody who actually did 
um, ROTC in a hotel. Okay. All right. That's what they All taught right. us. But I couldn't be, they couldn't I've, be wrong. I was always told that a motel is like a one where you drive up to the door, you know, and it's like on the outside. Whereas a hotel, you go in through a lobby and the rooms are located on the inside of the building. No. My understanding is the hotel motel distinction is due to the fact of uh, food and dining. Gotcha. I don't know. Well, that's something we can look up on another day, I if guess. You know, please let us know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so, um... There's this cool, like, uh, front lobby guy who's, like, real, like... He's, like, um... You know uh, what he kind of reminded me of? Okay, what? so he's actually played by... He's actually played... I love how you love to give these unknown actors their recognition, he's because... He's played by Robert Vogler. Did he go on to do anything else? No, but <laughs> I love him as a character because he he kind of reminds me of um, Mickey from Rocky. Oh, oh, okay. You know, but like denser, like beefier. Yeah, like well, yeah. Sturdy. He's uh, like a very sturdy man. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's stock and sturdy. He's got, you know, straightforward, you know, uh, attitude like, no to bullshit. him. No bullshit. <laughs> it's going to be this much up front. You pay, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he is... In the lobby, uh, and in the lobby or at the front desk, he's like shooting the shit with some other guy who is actually one of the characters in House of a Thousand Corpses at Captain Spaulding's who's shooting the shit with Captain Spaulding. Oh, okay. Well, there's one actor that went on to do another movie at least. <laughs> um, I don't remember his That name. guy, I think, notices that our main character, Dwayne, has like a wad of cash. And yeah. I wonder, where did he come across all that money from? Well, I mean, he comes from... Well, we find out that Dwayne does come from an affluent family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? But um, also, that wad of cash happened to be okay. like nearly all of the money that they had, the budget for the film. Like, they used that as oh, really? that scene. I saw something, actually, about the, the budget for the film was something that they would do a couple scenes and then bring it to investors and then get some more money and do a couple that's more scenes. That's why it scenes. took four then, years to complete this yeah, film. Shoo, that's crazy. I mean, that, that's probably unheard of to do. Um, but, you know, you got to give the guy a lot of credit for sticking with it and making the project come to life, you know? Yeah, I, I imagine admire that. making the movies... Making movies before now mm-hmm. was so fucking hard. Like it's hard to put together a music video right now, let alone sure, absolutely. a whole feature film. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about now because, uh, you can't really, I mean, unless you have like some big time HBO money or something like that, you can't get a whole crew together to shoot a lot of like music videos or any kind of video stuff that I think the next move is maybe I might put out another lyric video to one of my songs for the DTI project that's out. I think that's awesome I because think, um, DE is a really good song. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's, I, I really, um, yeah, I think I might work on that. I mean, right now, lyric videos and any imagery that doesn't involve actual people, um, is probably the best way to go. Right. But I also feel like, you know, with, with the cameras that we have nowadays between iPhones and 1080p, all this and that, mm-hmm. whatever, like we could probably get some good I don't shots. Know what any of that meant. <laughs> uh, we could get, I feel like I could put together a kind of low budget music video on my own if, if, um, you know, if everything kind of was like, we, with, a, with minimal help is what I'm saying. Anyways, lyric video, be on the lookout. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I might be a basket case as well, too. A little bit. No, I hope not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, he gets a room. He gets room number seven. On his way up to the room, he notices this woman named Beverly. And she is like an older black lady who's like in her 40s, maybe? Yeah, probably, But yeah. she's um, a sex worker. Well, 
I don't even know if she's a sex worker, but she's... Well, she's listed as a sex worker. Oh, she is. Okay. So, well, she's listed as a prostitute, but, okay. you know, she's a sex worker. Okay, okay, And okay. um, And she kind of, like, you know, she notices him, and, and he goes into his room, and that's when we meet Belial. Do, um, yeah, Belial. Such a funny name. Um, sounds very almost like... Uh, what do I want to say? A uh, Bible esque, you know, well, like Christian. So, do you remember when we did the Wicker Man? Mm, yeah. And do you remember that I sung the Burn and Burn Below? Oh, right. Yeah. That yeah, lyric yeah. has the name Belial in it. Belial? But I have to go back and remember it. Yeah. So, it sounds almost like a demon's name. You know mm-hmm. how, like, there's all these demon names mm-hmm. like uh, Bathsheba and all this and whatever? Sometimes I wonder if they, re- you know, it's either. They really are real demons, and we're, like, calling them forth by saying their names, or it's just all bullshit, and it just sounds fun. Um, I kind of lean to that side a little bit more. But Bilal, yeah, it's a cool name. So what it is, we are introduced to him because Dwayne is speaking to the basket and then immediately has to go and get food, and he gets, like, 10 or 20 hamburgers. hamburgers, yeah. And he's managed to eat one, but what lives in the basket, Bilal... Devours, devours all the rest. <laughs> and Belial... Okay, so here's what the movie is. I'm just going to broad stroke this movie. Yeah, totally. Because um, it's just... It's good to watch, but it does have a lot of um, interesting... I, I, I'd hate for people not to watch it. This is like a very good horror comedy. You're going to laugh and have fun with it if you allow yourself to. And that's right. what I feel like. So spoilers you know, from here on out is what I'm saying. Wow. But um, <laughs> the thing is, the movie is about... Dwayne and Belial. And they were conjoined twins. Right. Is that Siamese? Twins. Or is that is there a difference between Siamese twins and conjoined twins? Do you know? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I, they were joined at the hip, whatever were, kind of twin that is. They were joined, not at the hip, but like more on the side, like the ribs almost. Okay. But they didn't share any organs or any living tissue is what the understanding was. However, Belial was only arms and a head. Yeah, he seems like he was the not, like he didn't form all yeah, the way it's in the like embryo when, stage or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's when um, one, when you have twins and one absorbs the other, but this mm-hmm. one didn't get absorbed or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. So um, when giving birth, the mother died. The dad is completely insane with grief and will not accept the baby mm-hmm. because he, he, he just will not. Luckily, he did he didn't want Dwayne either, did well, he? Well, he wanted Dwayne, but he didn't want Belial attached to Dwayne. Okay. And so he only said, my son is that one, not that right, one. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And luckily, Belial and Dwayne were taken, were, were being looked after by their aunt, the sister's, the mom's sister, and... um. And she was the one who was able to take care of them and make sure that they were healthy and safe and whatever. Mm-hmm. However, one night during this, um, during one night that the aunt was gone, the dad snuck in three doctors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two, one was a, one was. Vet. One was like a vet or something Yeah, like there that. was a woman who was a vet. Uh, there was another, do- and two other doctors. One was a doctor, one was an anesthesiologist or something like that. And. They, he snuck them in to separate them. And they separated Belial from Dwayne and threw him in the garbage. Garbage. Just toss him in a black garbage bag and just, boom, out the, out the fucking door. Fuck that shit. Oh, my gosh. And then this is where I have my theories kind of things. All right. But, Let's but hear them. Then, no, not yet. <laughs> but then um, 
Belial's is able Belial is able to speak to Dwayne telepathically. Yeah, that was and weird. And he finds and he he leads him to where he is and he finds him in this garbage mm-hmm. bag. Now, they hide him, or the aunt and him hide him. Um no, 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 no. Dwayne and Belial are so angry that what happened, at what happened that they killed the dad. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot they about that. They build this contraption. Yeah, that's and, right. And impale him. Yeah, it's like has a buzzsaw or something on the yeah, end of it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he wakes up in the middle of the night because he hears like a saw. Yeah, and, and he like, walks through this fuck? enormous house uh-huh. barefoot. Goes all the way downstairs to the basement. He steps on some nails. Yeah, and then he happens to see the saw turn on and it's on a contraption that's on like a little like slope and it comes flying at him and boom, cuts him right Right in the middle. Right. So do we say he gets killed the fuck up? <laughs> I'll save that one. All right, okay. I'll save it. All right, we haven't said that in a he while. He gets so. impaled. I said it in the animator. Oh, okay. I think. I don't know. Um, but, okay. But the aunt and the police, you know, they're like, whatever. But they hide Belial, and she's going to take care of them now. Yeah. But then yeah. she dies. Right, right. And only after she dies does this... Revenge plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which light. was probably Belial's plot, right? Which is why the first guy died. He was the one of he was the one of the doctors. No, the he doctor. was the anesthesiologist. Okay, uh, or one of the doctors, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's his file that they took. They took it to New York to try to find the other ones, mm-hmm. and right. they do. They find Doctor Needleman, <laughs> right? Who has like this shady like. Um, doctor's office. Yeah, it's like um, he gives wrong prescriptions <laughs> and he's messy, but he has this uh, receptionist who is hot and has a wig. And she is, what is her name? Um, is it Diane? Her name is Sharon. Oh, in the movie or the <laughs> Yeah, actress? played by Terry Susan oh. Smith. Okay, Sharon. Sharon. Yeah. And it was, it's really interesting because she kind of throws herself at. Yeah. That was 70s New York, though, maybe, you know? Or... But she throws herself at Dwayne, and he's like, and she's like, I get off later. But uh-huh. she gives him a little too much information. She tells him that she's out off at a certain time, and she, the, the doctor is going to probably stay there. She's not going to be in the next day. Yeah. And, um, and you know, here's my address. Yep, yep. But, but when, so when he's, like, flirting with her and he's about to leave... He leaves Belial in the basket across the room and whispers to her to give him the address. Because mm-hmm. he's interested in her, but doesn't want Belial to know. Yeah. Although they're connected telepathically. Right, yeah. See, I didn't get the whole telepathic thing yet at that point in time. Like, I yeah, realized they don't that, show it yet. I realized that he's talking to the basket, but the basket wasn't talking back. But it, when he did that, I didn't really catch. Now that I know what was going on, it makes sense that he didn't want him to find out that he was right. going to get the girl's number. But when she initially let him in to see the doctor, mm-hmm. the doctor goes in and, and tries to examine, and supposedly he had a stomachache or something, and goes, actually... Or sorry, a heart pain. And then he walks in and immediately he sees the scar. Yeah. And the scar is where Belial was attached. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they talk to him, but you don't see what they say. Right. Um, He leaves. The doctor frantically calls the woman doctor who is... Dr. Cutter. Dr. Cutter. I remember that because it reminded me of House. No. The Cuddy? Cuddy. Oh, that's what it was. But Cutter is what they call Captain Spaulding... Oh, really? Yes. Really? Cutter. Huh. Cutter. Like, oh, yeah. wait, so you remember when Devil's Rejects and they make a break right, for it? Right, and yeah, it's Cutter? Yeah. 
Maybe that's where Rob Zombie got his uh, basket case little thing from. Yeah, maybe. He took I haven't a little... heard a song that says Belial though. You think that would be one of them? Maybe, but, but maybe he doesn't like Belial because of what happens later in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so so Cutter, and but she's a woman doctor. She's uh, she's actually a vet, and she is like seducing this young thing. Yeah, she's at a dinner with this young guy who kind of looks a little bit like Dwayne, I thought, you know. Yeah, you thought um, it was Dwayne. And um, she gets the phone call and she's like, basically like, I don't know who you are. I've never been to upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Fuck out of here because I'm eating dinner right now. I'm trying mm-hmm. to, Spider's trying to catch herself a fly. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. But, um, so we understand that they're connected. We understand that the doctors are connected is what you're saying, yeah. right? Yeah. So we, we, we understand that that is... The connection they were involved in the separation right um and so, so needleman's still alive at this point in time because he yes uh, what's his Dwayne left mm-hmm. yeah so but so later on um they kind of are figuring out the plot what they're figuring out figuring out what they're going to do and what they do is um they formulate a plan to break into the doctor's office and uh, when uh, Sharon is leaving at seven, because mm-hmm. she said she was leaving at that time, yeah. they go back in, um, they go into the alleyway and Belial kind of climbs and sneaks his way into the doctor's office, <laughs> Yeah, kills him yeah. and steals his Rolodex. Yeah, his Rolodex, which um, they call it like his uh, uh, phone book. I don't know. They call his it something. Address book. Address book. Address yeah. Book, yeah. I'm like, address book, address book. You drive <laughs> It's a well, giant I Rolodex. Rolodex is probably the um, like Sidu, you know, or right? Jacuzzi. It's the name brand, right? right yeah. So um, he he's killed, and uh, they have the information. They go back to the hotel, and this is where, uh, and you know, they're making the plan for the next day. This is where the next day where Dwayne is like. I'll be back. I'm going to go stake out the joint. He he, actually takes Sharon out for a date. He lies to Belial, his brother, and he's like, I'm going to go check it out, see where Cutter's at, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'll be back. But he really goes on a date and he has this like lovely time with Sharon and she has a great time. They're running around like in the uh, parks that's like across from the Twin Towers Mm -hmm. or whatever. And um, and they make out. They have a kiss. Yeah, they make but out. But Belial feels it mm-hmm. and rages, and he starts to destroy the room Everything. and screaming. We get this and nice nasty. stop animation sequence. Yeah, right? it's like Gumby on acid, <laughs> <laughs> and he is just destroying everything. Everything. The brand new TV that he got him. Yeah. Um, all of the furniture, everything, and the people in the hotel are all freaking out because they, they can hear, hear this it. Noise. Yeah. And so they um, they go in and they search the room because they're like, "What's happening?" The guy from the lobby, the lobby guy, yeah. not the not the owner or the manager, the older but man the older who man that mm-hmm, yeah. notices the money. He sneaks back in mm-hmm. to steal the money. Yep, he gets killed. Yes, he does. He Belial's gets like not having yeah, that. Not shit. today. <laughs> <laughs> but they, but then oh, by the time Dwayne gets back home. Um, cops are there. Cops are there, and they search his room. They don't find Belial, uh, but they see that he has all this money, and they're right. like, "Are you going to be around? All right, because we might have some questions." Yeah. 
Now, Belial has been hiding out hiding. in the shitter. It's in the toilet. It's so funny. You see the arm kind of come up like yeah, this. Gross. 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 He looks oh, like shit. shit. Like, um, but that's when they have like this argument and this discord just there. Like, you lied to me. You were a mm-hmm. So Belial's apparently accusing him of abandoning him and leaving him alone. Meanwhile, Dwayne, he just wanted a moment to himself. Yeah, but Bilal wants a moment, too. He's like, has the same feelings that Dwayne does, and we'll find out later on about that, right. <laughs> you know. So, um, um, so then at some point, um, Beverly, who is the neighbor, is uh, friendly with Dwayne, yeah. and they end up at a bar together, yeah, and he gets, that's when drunk, he gets so drunk, and he tells him all, tells her all the backstory. Yeah. And she's she, like, all right little white man she like she's almost like, doesn't really believe yeah, him i she think she doesn't believe him i don't yeah, think because otherwise she would have ran and she takes him back she puts him inside she goes back to her place mm-hmm. and she falls asleep yep now she falls asleep but belial is actually hiding in her bed right and is fondling her and she mm-hmm. wakes up to him and starts screaming right wouldn't you <laughs> I would shit my pants and that would be my defense mechanism. (laughs) Can you imagine? Okay, so he looks like a walking big old wad of boogers. Really? Yeah, he's like a big blob with two arms sticking out of the side and like a face right in the middle. He almost looks like a mini Jabba the Hutt. No. I don't know, Pizza the Hut. You pizza know? the Hut. Yeah, he looks like Pizza the Hut without yeah. the pepperoni. Without all the dripping cheese and pepperoni and stuff, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're delicious. <laughs> um, um, well, so... Okay, so then that happened. Yeah, he escapes, I think, out the window this time. Yeah. And then... Um, the people come running again. They're all like, what happened? Yeah. You know, the lady Beverly is like in, is that's her name? Beverly. Beverly yeah. She's like in shock. There's like another lady who says you can stay at my place tonight yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and then what I think that then, uh, what's his name is like, he goes out the side window and comes back in again. Yeah. Right. And then, um, okay. So then they have to kill, the other guy, the 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 doctor Cutter. Cutter, right? All right. So they. But Needleman's still alive. No, he's dead. He's remember? dead. Right, yeah. right, right. Needleman. So they have to go right. kill Doctor Cutter, and yeah. they go into her vet, and he has Belial in the basket, but nobody's none the wiser because you figure, oh, it's probably yeah. the cat, or probably right. the dog is scared or something. And there's twins there, which I thought was funny, and they both had the opposite wrists. Um, uh, yeah, they work cast. in the yeah vet's as receptionists, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, so. She uh, she goes in there to take a look, and she gets killed by Belial. Right, he's Be- on a rampage. He's he on a rampage, and he does this weird killing where he, like sticks his claw Into in his her mouth yeah, and, and like, pull them down. And, and but she's like fighting him, and then like she's even getting stabbed in the face with scalpels. Oh right, yeah. That was and the, the girls break down the door and she's just there and she just screams but these guys are mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. Like they make a break for it. Mm-hmm. They, so like, again, like at that time they're probably not too worried about getting caught by the police. They're like, No, I don't think so. I think shit. they're just revenge. Like this is this yeah. is our motivating force. But now that they've exacted their revenge, mm-hmm. now what's their motivating force? Yeah, I don't okay, know. Okay, let me fall into normal-ish behavior patterns and that is a regular boy is going to if not they're not worried about revenge they're going to worry about their hormones <laughs> yeah. right so they decide uh belial decides to leave 
And he goes and he finds Sharon. And he breaks into her home. Mm-hmm. And he fails. Uh, no, he sees she's sleeping. And he does the whole, like, molesting her. And then tries to rape her. Yeah, he does. He, like, gets on top of her. And her grinding even. her, yeah, with his, like, whatever his underside but is. But he doesn't like, have an underside because that would have been cut That's off. where it was cut, right. Yeah, so it's probably just scar tissue and this and everything. is the disgusting scene. And, <laughs> like, the, the, the people working on, on set walked out at this scene because it was so vile. Yeah, yeah. We went from, again, reanimator to this, and it was, like, <laughs> two <laughs> vile scenes uh, Which back Which is why I thought of this one next because mm-hmm. I was like, ah, let's just do that one did, because uh, it's gross. Did the scene where he's, like, running through New York oh, naked hey, with so his dog hanging out? out. While, Bel- while Belial is, like, making his way to Sharon's, Dwayne is having this dream that he is completely naked except for his New Balances and is running in New York, but naked. Yeah. Like, naked. Completely, yeah. A little bit uh, too much male nudity, but... But, like, dong flopping and everything. Like, full frontal male nudity. Yep. So... He's, uh, but that's what I'm asking. Is that part of the, when Bilal's going to her, he's having this dream at the same time, right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So Dwayne knows something's up, goes to Sharon's, see, like bursts in, sees what Bilal is doing. Yeah, catches He has killed her. Oh, right. She's even dead at this point in time. So basically it's like necrophilia and shit. Pulls him off of her. runs home and the whole time he's getting he's like in the hotel he has the basket and he's yelling at the basket this is it we're you know i'm not supporting you ever again like we're making our own way fuck this fuck this he's just a stupid line where he goes if i ha- ever get my hands on you again i'll kill you or something like that yeah. but it's like why don't you just kill him r- right now yeah. which is what Bilal says then that's my answer i'm just gonna kill you and yeah so they get into the room and they start fighting and Dwayne kind of tosses Belial out the window, mm-hmm. but ends up going with him out the window, and they're hanging by the Hotel Broslin sign, and then they fucking fall to their death. Right. Now, that sucks. This, yeah, they're both dead now, they're we assume. They're both dead. Right. Well, there's a basket case, too, so. <laughs> and a three, I think, too. Oh, shit. Yeah. You know the director of this movie also made a movie called Frankenhooker? No, but that sounds interesting. Yeah, it does. Oh, I saw that title recently somewhere. Um, so again, maybe... I'm concerned for you. <laughs> <laughs> it popped up somewhere. But um, the thing I was wondering, though, is like... Um, well, no, I mean, when they do these two, part two and part threes, most of the time they're not the same director, not the same writer. This is when the franchise... Like, that's what so, com- movie companies were looking for. Supposedly for part two... They weren't killed. They were just injured. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then the, I wonder who, who the deaths would um, be blamed on. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess we'll have to watch to find out. But my, my point was that these, you know, when we love the horror movie genre, a lot of times I personally just like the first one in the franchise because a lot of the other ones are not as well they're, done or not. They're thought of after. Through the finalization yeah, yeah. of the first scene. And most of the time, it's I mean, not the, the original scene. director or screenwriter or whatever. And Correct. therefore... It's like a money grab. Yeah. It's it's different. You know, like Freddy 2. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, for all you real... <laughs> like, oh, he said it wrong critics out there. <laughs> um, so, you want to hear my theory? <laughs> yeah, please tell me. What's my favorite theory? 
It was? What is my favorite? Oh, what is your favorite? Your favorite theory is it's all in their head. Yes. So, he was a conjoined twin, but the fucked upness of him secretly being cut off of his body Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. fucked with him so much so that he created Belial in his head. And the moment he was able to, um, the moment he was able to really get out on his own after his father was, after he killed his father, but after his aunt passed away, he's like, I'm taking revenge on all these people that did this. And that's why I think the telekinetic, whatever, nobody ever seems to be able to catch Belial actually in the basket. Um, so you think it's all in his head? You think it's sort of like a fight club situation where he's actually doing all of well, the he's Tyler Belial? Durden. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah um, no, that's what I think Tyler it is. would be Belial. No, I'm saying, you know how the narrator in Fight Club was always Tyler Durden? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um... We're on the same page with that. <laughs> we're on the same page. We're just speaking out of different catharsis. Yeah, my point... Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, but, you think it's so all my, in his my, I think it... I, I mean, I would feel better it following would. that track. Mm-hmm. Like, because how else would you tell him... Okay, first of all. First of all. Okay, so... First of all. Go ahead. Let's say Bilal was alive and attached to his brother. When you cut off a blood supply, oxygenation, um, any kind of nutrients, like he's going to wither and die. Yeah, you're saying that he's, you know. Physiologically, there's right, no way that he right. can survive. Well, that, that part we'll have to like toss out the window. And he eats all of that. That means he would, if he eats all that food, that means he would have a digestive tract. Mm-hmm. You would have a poop shoot, you know. Sure, He has right. none of those. So, but okay, let's. He doesn't have lungs. If you're if you're talking about it all in his head, so then when we go back to the Bilal necrophilia scene, so he's that. What if he Dwayne ran naked, but really in his mind he was having this dream, but he was naked because he was feeling lustful, but he was actually dressed, and he went and he killed her, and he raped her, or he raped her, yeah, raped her dead body. That's Mm -hmm. pretty crazy. Um, you know, guys I, have done it. Yeah. I mean, Bundy. I'm not going to put it. I'm not. Your, your theories don't not make sense. They, <laughs> they're <laughs> they alternate have, versions. They, so they, that, they definitely kind of tie in. So I don't know. You could be totally right. Um, that's overall like that would make him a crazy basket case, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so it wouldn't just be, Oh, I have this guy in a basket. It's he's fucking insane. Right. Yeah. Which means that he's the one who's killed everybody, which means that he must have tried to sneak into Beverly's room because she was being so kind to him. Yeah, yeah. I like your and, theory. I think it makes a lot the, of sense. Yeah, and then there was that time between, like, where he could have hidden behind those pillows or, or on the other side of her bed because she did take some time to undress and get back into pajamas and get herself to bed, you know? And they have, mm. they're right the next room over, so he's just one window away. Didn't she have like a shit ton of smiley faces in that scene? Yeah, Somewhere she did. like on her shirt, on like, a sticker, well, over here, over I there. I feel like because she was the positive light in his adventure, you know. She, yeah, Sharon was there too, but Sharon was also very needy, you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. she ran to him when something happened, but she had never met him before. Mm-hmm. She needed all this stuff from him. And even when he's like got that feeling that when Belial was raging, you know, she got he got that feeling and ran home. Um, she followed him, not even putting her shoes back on. Right, so she had one shoe on, one shoe off. Right. She be- so my <laughs> my feeling was he was so afraid and of this new kind of maybe 
lust that he was feeling with Sharon when they were kissing that he had to get out of there because he didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And so he ran into the room and that's when he destroyed the room. That's why nobody could find anything. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe he went in and saw the money was missing, knew that the other guy saw his money and went in and killed him. Like the thing is we don't, the, the timeline is so fluid. We don't know when things actually happen. We just know that they happen. Right. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I, and I wonder if like she fell in love with him sort of very quickly because he was this like upstate New York, uh, like kind of virgin boy that wasn't like tampered and like, uh, fucked with like all most of the other men she's probably come across in this dirty ass New York. Well, either that or, well, either that or she, um, wasn't coming on to him and maybe she was just being professional and polite and he mistook those feelings as she's into me, you know, and yeah, they may have, you know, maybe they have gone out. Maybe they didn't go out mm -hmm. kind of like in the Joker movie where he thought he was in this relationship, but he wasn't really. Right. right? Yeah. Okay. And let me tell okay. you as a girl, I accidentally quote unquote accidentally flirt with people all the time because they think <laughs> they think that I'm into them when I'm just being polite. You know, I had like a lot of people. Well, I mean, my family might remember this, but you know, when I was a teenager, I worked at In and Out. Where? Oh, In, in and, and Out. In and Out. Yeah. In and Out. I thought you said Nell. I was like, whoa, what the? Okay, In and Out, and it's in our and job out. to be nice and smiling and friendly. And, and were you the potato cutter? At one point, yeah. Like, French fries. I worked like, my yeah. way up to French fries, which is a big deal because they pay so well. So when you're making your way, when you work your way up to French fries, you're making good money. Yeah. Were you good Especially at Especially like as a teenager. No. No. <laughs> no. But I was really good at things like the cash register. And I was really good at, you know, drive through orders. And that was my thing. I was working drive through And then we had regulars. But there was this one regular that every time he'd show up every day. And then, really? um, every day in and out, every day in and out. Fuck. And then, well, every day, I mean, I worked Monday through Friday cause I liked weekends off. So, you know, every day, every weekday, I guess maybe it was close to his job. I don't know. I had like a little variety in my life. That seems a little too much to have a burger. But let me tell you every day. I also lived down the street from that in and out. Which one was it? It was in Las Vegas. Oh, Vegas. Yeah. And it was on uh rock. What is it? Smoke Ranch Road. Smoke something road um and it's right off the freeway um and i lived in that in in um the community there and i would just walk and i lived there and i was on my own i was 17 years old at that point and i lived there with some person i was dating and this guy followed me there and tried to take me and pull me into his car. Really? Really. Fucking A. And the security guard. Did he just grab you by the wrist or something? Like, well, what did so he do? So I would do my, okay, Vegas is hot. I don't know if anybody knows. Vegas is really hot. Really hot. It's a desert. Yeah. And then I would do my laundry in, um, in the middle of the night because it wasn't as hot. Okay. That all makes sense. Right. So, so in the laundry room of the complex. Uh huh. And so, um, I was just sitting there and I remember looking into, and at this point it wasn't even midnight. It was like 10 o'clock. The pool was still open. There were kids swimming in the pool. And I was like, I, somebody made a noise. I turned around um, and looked at the pool. And I was on the phone with my friend Rosa from when I was in high school here in LA. And she was like telling me about she was moving to Germany or something like that. Okay. And um, I was on the phone and then suddenly somebody grabs me 
Like grabs your whole body. Yeah, grabs like grabs wrist. my whole body. And then did he lift you off the ground? Uh, I don't remember, but I do remember. You just get yanked. I do remember having watched um, Face Off. Okay. And I do remember that the person I was dating at the time gave me a knife. And I do remember really doing my best to stab him where it hurts. Did you get him though? Like- I stabbed him. I just don't know where I stabbed him. Okay. The security card was like 90 years old or something. He was super old because, you know, it's an apartment complex in a good part of town. Okay. And he's like coming like, to try to help me. And it's, that, and it's so weird because this guy had this yellow car. That's what I remember. How, did you see anything about this person? Like I remember face? the yellow car. He was regular at In N Out. Oh, wait, the regular at In N Out yes. tried to grab you? Yes. And so, holy, you think he recognized you from In N Out? Yes. He must have followed me home. It was like one block away, it was the next holy light shit. over. So let me crazy. tell you sometimes you can be nice to somebody and they think you're into them. That's pretty crazy. So you know, I had this friend. Did he, was he like bleeding and shit all over the place when you stabbed him? I don't him? remember. I, don't, I honestly, I pushed that out I so long you. ago. I don't want to, I don't like, want to. I know, I remember that it happened. Yeah, I don't want to make you revisit it. I'm just very intrigued because I've never heard this before and it's like, I've gotta told be. I've told you this before. Well, not in this type of detail and I'm paying attention now or something. You're awake you know, right now, man. What the hell? But, it just, it like, seems things really happen. crazy. That's why, like people are like, oh, women, whatever, right? It's not that we're trying to be better than men. It's like we have to go through some fucked up shit. I can't even be polite to people. Okay, if I'm not polite to people, I'm a fucking bitch. If I'm polite to people, I'm aching for them to fuck me. Like, which, like, there's no happy media. That's unfortunately a part of a lot of so what men's I'm mentality. Is, I don't know what, what to say about women that, have to go know? through. So I'm wondering if, I mean, there is the possibility that that never happened. And he followed her home. Yeah. She, you know, he followed her home. He could have easily have gotten her address from the address book. Yeah. yeah. You know, from the Rolodex. Followed her home, killed her, raped her. Sure. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't realize you went back into the movie again from there. But I was, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I could see that happening. We don't really get any of that concrete evidence like in this movie. So, you know, this is a type of art form where you can have your own theory and opinion. And I mean, that's why I think I'm, I like movies that are so fucked up because, I mean, any movie really, you can put your own, like, well, that's what reality is all relative, right? How you see a movie and interpret it is different yeah. from how what I do. Same with music, which I, yeah. you know, as an artist, I try to leave that interpretation up to the audience. You know, instead of telling them what you're supposed to see or hear or feel, you create a mood and you allow them to go where they want to go with it. You know, yeah. and I feel like this would be the more plausible way of having something like Basket Case, the movie, be something that could have been. In reality, something that could have possibly happened. Yeah. Like this is, I mean, maybe it's just my way of trying to fit this into a more realistic box. This is, you said this was the director's first movie, but did he... Feature he film? I, I don't know that much about the director, except he also did Frankenhooker. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I'm wondering, and I know you don't know the answer necessarily, I'm saying like, did he write it as well? Or was there a different person yeah, who no, wrote it? Yeah, no, he wrote it. Okay, That yeah. was my understanding. Um, now, Frankenhooker... Is a movie about this man who loses his fiance. She dies. So he tries to kind of 
put her back together by using parts of different hookers. Prostitute. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, you, you were good, but, you know, this girl's got some better tits. So let's put that. <laughs> like, I, I really like, didn't I, like your big feet. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you have that funky thumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get rid of all the. Did you? Oh, there was a. I that, prefer gold teeth. <laughs> that just reminded me of an old episode of Tales from the Crypt. Did you ever watch that show? Mm-hmm. There was this one episode. It's the only episode for some reason that has like stuck with me all these years. Like, I remember watching it. I remember kind of being frightened at that time because I was young by the Crypt Keeper um, more than anything else. My parents would never have let me watch that anyways, but I've seen the show a few times at friends' houses. This one episode, basically there was like an old man and like um, it, uh, a love interest and her love interest was like this young buff guy or whatever. Um, long story short, it's like a body replacement thing where he's like, he does different things and he's like working on his surgery so he can replace his body and become the love interest, mm. you know, what she mm. wants, whatever. <laughs> and eventually he's done all these things or whatever and he's changed his body. But then there's, I forgot who he's talking to. I guess it's the surgeon or whatever. And he's like, um, or maybe it's the guy who's, he's like the last part, the final part. He's like, you need the, the you forgot the last, uh, th- last I forgot, something, whatever. It's the tool to please your lover or whatever. So it's the like tongue. he's, it's like he replaces his whole body but the dick and then so eventually i guess at the end he replaces every piece of the body and basically he's in a mental the mind is you know the brain is inside the body of another person Mm -hmm. or whatever like face off or whatever but i think it didn't end well i don't think that the girl wanted him in the end Uh, maybe she she wanted franken penis no, I don't think so. But I think maybe she went with the old, the new guy in the old skin or something like that. I don't remember the details. Because it's, oh, but that's it, interesting. When you said about how taking different parts from different mm-hmm. prostitutes, that's exactly what it reminded me Have of this one episode. Have you ever seen the movie May? No. Oh, well, it's, a, it's on the list, but... It's a m- new movie or an old movie? Well, I mean, I saw it, I want to say maybe early 2000s, maybe. Oh, okay. Um, and it's a movie about this girl who makes her own best friend. Oh, no. I don't remember that one. That sounds interesting, too. Yeah. What, what kind of parts does she use? Yes. Girl parts? Well, it's a girl. Okay. From other people? like Yeah. Is this like kids or adults? No, adults. Okay. Like, I don't remember it too vividly, but I remember that being the premise, I guess. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, maybe we'll get to that one soon. Um, <laughs> nice. I, I, I'm trying to remember something else about that tales from the crypt episode but it's it's not really coming to me but i do remember when that show was on like i don't know it was kind of fun right mm-hmm. like there was uh like a, something to look forward to every week mm-hmm. like a new episode of some like twisted kind of yeah. horror yeah definitely suspense and thing. i used to also like probably not like as exciting for you but like the same thing with goosebumps when they oh, had a tv right. show yeah like that was like oh my goosebumps God. was like the kids watered down version of tales from the crypt well yeah well i was like, so you know how when you have a bedtime and you can't really and, and, and you can really sneak out because your parents are asleep we didn't have that because my stepdad worked swing shifts so he'd come home at the middle of the night mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and um so I never had the chance to be able to stay up and watch things. Like people would make like people are stupid. Like <laughs> people would make fun of me for not being able to watch the latest episode of like The Simpsons, for example, because it'd be on at like eight o'clock in my yeah. bedtime, right? Yeah. 
And, I know. I had the same thing. But it's like, dude, like, you don't understand. We come from, you know, this kind of family. Yeah. Like, I, there was, like, I had to wear, like, there was one time when my brother and I were the same sizes and we just wore each other's clothes because I wasn't allowed to buy clothes. Aww. Like, I was only allowed to buy, like, I remember three shirts, one sweater, two pairs of pants, a pair of shorts, and one pair of shoes. Yeah. And, um, and that was my school clothes. And, um, and like, you know, people make fun of kids for those things. And that's why I'm so grateful right now that my kids are in these school districts or these schools. And they, they've been fortunate enough to have these communities growing up that are accepting of their weird. Mm-hmm. Like my, my daughter went through a phase where she, you know, wore mismatched socks all the time. She loved it. My son is like the most uh, the, the utmost authority on anything Godzilla right now. And it's not like, and because of the way everything is accessible and everything is streaming and people can be in their own, in their own little fandoms and everything's kind of um, accepted. They don't really get shunned for being the weird guy that doesn't know what happened on this week's episode of American Idol. You know what I mean? It's not something that everybody is week to week catching each other up on. Like they really are able to just explore all these new avenues. Yeah, you mentioned something earlier about um, getting out of sneaking out of the house, and, and you know, in LA, I'm sure there's tons of places you could go or wanted. But when I was, I remember when I was living in Massachusetts, you wouldn't want to sneak out of the house at night and go anywhere because you live like, you know, houses were so f- spread far apart. Like you wouldn't be going anywhere and seeing something very interesting. In Florida, I might have snuck out of the house once or twice, but it probably would have been just to go like smoke weed or whatever. But I remember, and I might have told you this before, my thing was sneaking the big-ass TV in the living room into my bedroom just so I could watch shit that I wasn't allowed to watch and then have to sneak it back out to try to make no noise. And I'm talking about this was like a maybe 30, 40-inch TV. With the big back? With the big back, not the flat screens that we have now. A big TV. And I have to lift it up and I would take it into my room and I'd put it in my room and then watch whatever I could watch, whether it be on VHS or DVD or whatever. DVD is probably later. I don't know if I was, it might have been mostly VHS at the time or cable. Like, mm. But the problem with the cable was I'd had to have like an extra wire to plug mm-hmm. into the wall in my room. And maybe, I don't know, it was, I don't even think I could get the cable, but maybe I did. I can't remember now. <laughs> but, but one time, and I was like a young kid, you know, and this was a heavy ass TV. And one time, so this was in Florida or Massachusetts? Florida, yeah. Oh. One time I happened to like start to lose, not my grip, but it was getting heavy trying to get mm-hmm. it through the door. And I had to just go down with it and it got all the way to the ground. Now, mind you, when I would pick it up and move it into the room, I was standing straight up so mm-hmm. I could grab it and lift. Whoops. And then just go straight to the room. But when it went all the way to the floor, I then had to try to pick this whole TV up off the floor to get it back onto the stand in the living room. And I couldn't do it. One night it was so heavy and I was such a young kid that, you know, I didn't have the strength to really lift it up. So what I had to do is take all the pillows off my bed and I'd push the TV up, throw a pillow underneath then push it up from the other <laughs> side, put another pillow until I got it like at least a couple inches off the ground. Right. And then just this power <laughs> squat where I lifted the thing up and got it back into the living room so nobody knew. I don't think my parents still to this day 
figured out that I was sneaking well, the whole you know, TV your, your mom into watches my bedroom. each one of these episodes, right? <laughs> I don't, highly doubt <laughs> it. Fucking hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. Like you know, we yeah. Well, I know LA has this, and uh, LA has this whole reputation of being this wild place. But I mean, I grew up here, so it's just home. Yeah, I went to I went uh, and I lived in Vegas for college, and then when I came back to LA. Um, I was so bored because everything closes at a reasonable hour in Vegas. Everything's open all the time. You know what I mean? So for me, it was the opposite. It was like, I can't do any, when I moved back to LA, can't do anything. Things are closing. It's only two o'clock. You know what I mean? So I don't know. For me, it's just different having been born and raised here. Where would you have gone if you did sneak out? Like, did you have a plan in mind? Like what you were going to do? The thing is I, um, we lived in South Central. None of my friends lived in South Central. Um, I had friends that lived all over LA because I went to a charter school and meaning people were bust in and we all went to school in the Palisades. <laughs> I thought you said bust in, but bust is <laughs> bust. on the bus. <laughs> like on the bus. And so we, you know, my friends were all over the city. So none of us had cars. Um, I, I wouldn't have gone anywhere. Like as a teenager, you mean? I wouldn't yeah, have gone that, anywhere. Because you're saying you would wanted to sneak out and I'm just wondering I mean, if you... I wouldn't have because... I just had too many responsibilities. Um, I remember when I was in high school, my mom my mom always worked two jobs when I was growing up. She was a nanny, but she was also a waitress at the Denny's over here by the airport. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> like nah. she, would, she has some stories, let me tell you. So, I remember my favorite story is when uh, she said, so a group of vampires came in today. <laughs> they tipped bunch me of, in quarters. Probably a bunch of goth kids yeah. <laughs> that were into like Marilyn Manson and shit back then. But, but um, because, you know, it was down the, well, not down the street, but you know, we lived, not too far from it. And um, she uh, she would have all these co-workers who, well, one of which was a single mom. Many, I'm sure, were single moms. But <laughs> one of which was a single mom. And I would babysit her son overnight because they worked the graveyard shift. Damn. And so, how old were you? Ten um, babysitting. <laughs> I was like 15 years old. Yeah. And so, I, and I would just take care of him. So I wouldn't, like, I'd spend all night, like, taking care of this kid and you know babies don't sleep all night i mean i would even, i don't yeah. i would even take uh i would even take him with me to the zoo and like we'd go for family outings because i would still be babysitting him and people like would shun me and be like i can't believe that's your kid because i was 15 years old with yeah. this rando kid well luckily i know that babies don't let you sleep all night but i haven't had to experience that firsthand well lottie fucking dog yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why you have this youthful glow because mm-hmm. you haven't had years yep. and years team, of- <laughs> team no kids over here <laughs> But, um, I mean, that, that's what, that was my reason. Like I had too many responsibilities and, you know, we also went from South Central to the Palisades every, every morning. So I'd have to wake up, be out of the house by six o'clock. Yeah, six, I seven hate o'clock. that. That's, so that's so why. I'm so glad we're not waking up that early. <laughs> so I do that now with my kids, which is why it doesn't seem like such a big deal. Like, yeah, of course, drive your kids an hour to go to school. It's a better school district, right? So, you know, whatever. Oh, you do what you do for your children. But, um, I don't know. I wouldn't have gone anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what I wonder too. Just, Cause a lot of, you know, people when they're like, I'm going to run away from home, but they like get outside and like, I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm, I think I'm just too responsible. Like even when I, like the time I got in trouble at school, like the bad, bad, bad trouble for school was like, I was ditching my six period typing class to, um, just take an early, take an extra hour at work, you know, like. I was making smoothies. I'm like, what do you mean? I could work an extra hour. I'm in. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and even then I only got a week's worth of detention. Hmm. That's oh crazy. Oh my God. Around the same time, uh, because my mom used to be a nanny in Brentwood, which is right next to the Palisades. Um, oh, I got an ass whooping. Oh my God. Like full belt or something like that? Or I, I think, just palm? I think this time was maybe a hanger. Hanger. I, I, got, I used to get fly swatted. Oh no, that's nice. Um, <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I've got in law. I've even had a hammock and, once. And not the flap end of the fly swatter, the back the end. The wire end? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Josie. Josie wanted to come say hi. <laughs> I'm selling her to go say goodbye. We're podcasting here. All um, right. No, I think this is, uh, I mean, I've had a little bit of everything, extension cords, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, she went on a hike because there's a Temescal Canyon trail right across the street from the yep. high school. And she said that she swore she saw me with some guy up there, like dry humping or something. Oh. And that's when I'm like, <laughs> um, first of all, so I have to tell you something. let me tell you that that wasn't me because i was in class but also that wouldn't have been me because dudes have willies you know (laughs) but oh my god the ass whooping i received is because it was some girl that looked like me so some other poor girl was running around looking a mess as well yeah that sucks well i'm sorry to hear about that i mean but can they ask me i mean it happened like i would i would never beat my kids like like ever like I've swatted them on their butt a few times grew, in their lifetime, but yeah, but we it's grew up in a time. different time. Yeah, yeah that was time. sort of a little bit more common. You know, I caught an ass whooping a lot here and there for dumb shit, little things that most people wouldn't um, look at as such a big deal. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's that's the culture my dad grew up in, yeah, and coming it's just from different a different cultures. country. You know, like I, um, I remember very vividly this one time where I got, um, you know, those batons that have the glitter on the inside the liquid and the yeah glitter. they you yeah. kind of turn it yeah, one yeah. way it goes so i had yeah. one of those and i was sitting with my brother and you know you do what kids do and cursing at each other right but we were doing it in a playful way i think we were really coloring maybe playing with the baton i don't know except that came in and beat my ass because he heard me say the word dude did you ever have a moment where <laughs> did you hear that yeah the word dude dude you got your ass beat i know so <laughs> and that's why i'm asking you uh my next question is did you ever have a moment where you actually stood up and fought back not necessarily fought yes. back but yes so my stepdad was was like really angry with me because I bought a pair of boots that looked exactly like the pair of boots I already owned, but they didn't have were scuffs they dark and marks? they didn't have holes. No, they were cheap, like knockoffs. <laughs> I was poor. Um, okay. I mean, I was paying for them myself because of sure. you know babysitting and you know making yeah. smoothies, but. He I, and I and usually I'm like okay fine I'll just take it right but in this case I was so upset because I'm like first of all my shoes are old I wanted a new pair of shoes I like these shoes I just want them to not have holes in them mm-hmm. but secondly this is my own money I pay them with guess how much they cost uh forty bucks they were twelve dollars twelve bucks twelve dollars oh, okay and he was hitting me like he even hit me with the shoe for spending money on shit I didn't need mm-hmm. and I hit him back and I'm not proud of it yeah. but I hit him back and then to this day like I feel bad about was it that the- but it was like this is the most ridiculous reason to ever spank me was that the moment where things changed or, or did you still catch ass whoopings after that I don't remember yeah. because very soon after because once I started working a legit job, like when I was working at Robix Juice, making smoothies, once I had a legit job, I had 
you know, around that same time is when I also left the house. Yeah. So it wasn't too long after that I came out and not too long after I, you know, came to some news with my parents and they didn't, they weren't supportive, I'll say. And I left. So it would have all been around the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a, my, you know, my dad is from Bangladesh, India, basically, you know, they grew up with all sorts of uh, harsh punishments for little, you know, bamboo sticks, little Mm -hmm. rock stones, uh, even weird things like holding yourself in a crazy position. There's one where they used to like tell the kids, like, if you're bad, you have to like put your arms through your legs and try to hold your (laughs) earlobes. And like, you're like kind of crouched in some like spider monkey position. Um, my that friend kind of Philip stuff, used you know. to have his um, kids read parts of the dictionary, <laughs> and then he would have them do like you know the wall squats. Yeah, or you sit and on the hold wall. the book out there. Yeah, like shit this. like that. Yeah, so there was a lot of that. Which a I lot think of, is worse. I'd rather just take the ass whipping and be done with. It. <laughs> a lot of bamboo uh, sticks um, and things like that. But so you know, my dad, you know, he just he was trying to raise us in a little bit of a different he way. He thought was right. Yeah, he didn't really want us to be Americanized, whereas most Amer- uh, people that come from, like, India or that side of the world, they if they migrated back then and say, like, they this, tried to you know. It, yes, yeah. my dad didn't. He wanted to really keep the identity of where he was from, and he, he wanted us to, you know, kind of be more from there than America, mm-hmm. whatever. And um, so, anyways, there was one time I remember where I was – early teens probably i don't know 13 14 whatever and he was coming at me i didn't actually hit him back because if i did i would have hurt him but i finally got the balls to like defend myself mm. it was a point in time where i would take an ass whooping and like i just laugh and i didn't laugh about it. i pretend that it hurt but inside i was laughing like oh, it doesn't hurt anymore ha 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 i can mm. you know you're not hitting me hard enough with the belt like you i think know? it's more emotional pain than it is physical but there was a time where he came at me and i basically just grabbed him and stopped you know i grabbed his hands and like i shoved him down on the on the couch pushed him down and I think from that moment, like he was shocked that I did it. Mm-hmm. And then I think he probably maybe even tried to come at me a second time. And I think I maybe did it again, not physically hurting him, like punching him or hitting him, but like pushing him off me. Like trying to defuse hard. the situation. Yeah, but I like shoved him like to Ooh. the point where I, he mm-hmm. hit the couch and, and uh, then I just walked out and left. And I was like, you know, don't make me do anything else, you know, kind of thing. And from that point onward, I don't think he ever – actually tried, tried to raise his hand to me again because he realized my son has got to that point now where he's got some strength and he could do some damage if he fights back. And I knew I had the power to do it if I wanted to. And so I just sort of walked away from it. My way of diffusing it was I'm leaving. Mm. Yeah, no. The the only argument I've ever gone to with my parents where I'm like, I'm leaving, like I literally walked out of the front door and never went back. Yeah. Like, um, I didn't take a toothbrush. I didn't take anything. And luckily, um, it was after, yeah, it was after, I think it was summer session already. So it wasn't like I had textbooks and stuff. Like I literally just walked out the door Mm. and luckily like my kids still cash my paychecks because one of the check cashing place let me do it with my student ID. Um, so I was able to kind of start from scratch there, but, um, I just walked out and didn't ever go back. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's hard. Like my, my kids right now are in this phase where they're like, you know, I'll tell them something and they're like, and my response is, 
do you want to try that again or what yeah, that's, did you just say? <laughs> that's your go-to right there. You want to try that again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. But your you know go-to. where I got that from? Where? I got that from. Well, I don't know. That's not where I got it from, but um, it's funny because I saw it in the office after it had already become the thing I say to the kids. I didn't get it from there because in the office, uh, Michael Scott goes down to Daryl in the warehouse and goes, "You idiot!" And Daryl just looks at him and goes start over. <laughs> and uh-huh. I'm like, wait, I see the same thing. But since then I kind of have felt, you know, like reassured that that's the right way to approach it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Starting start yeah. over. Yeah. Like, would you like to try that again? Um, yeah. Well, um, shit, man, that was pretty good. Uh, episode. you know what's funny? Uh, like not funny, but like, mm, interesting is I say this a lot because my family was uprooted due to the civil war in El Salvador. Right. And they have their own traumas and they have their own way that they deal things like they did back in the old country, right? There are so many things in my family that I'm not at liberty to discuss on this podcast because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. It's not anything like criminal, but it's just the way that, you know, we were all raised. Like I said, I swear we, um, it's a miracle any of us survived the 80s. Sure, yeah. It was a different time, and obviously that ties in with what we were talking about with the movie um, because things were different back then, and mm-hmm. you know, people reacted differently to especially right. abnormalities like a Siamese or conjoined twin, whatever that is. Yeah. Have you ever seen anybody that's actually, like, have you witnessed no. that and up close? I think close? the political, politically correct term is conjoined twins, not Siamese. Oh, oh yeah, that seems kind of racist to be like, Siamese twins... Yeah. yeah, there's also that song in Lady and the Tramp. We are Siamese, if you please. Those right, two creepy right. cats. I never understood that thing where it was like Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees, look at these. Like, that seems kind of racist now, but as because a kid. Baby we, says it in. Um, oh, in, yeah. In, Actually, now that I think about no, that. No, that's something Baby says. Like, that's the rhyme that she says to. Um, I think one of the hostages. But in, in did you House never hear Parches? that when you were uh-uh. young? I've heard that since I was like four or five, as soon as, you know, but you know so what I heard where does a it lot come from? Easy peasy Japanesey. And, um, I said that at work once and I turned to Amanda, I'm like, wait, is that racist? And she's like, I don't know. I think so. And yeah. for me, it was more like, my understanding was, you know, the Japanese have been able to figure out how to make things easier. And that's what I thought it was, hmm. but who knows what it means i'm just looking back at because i grew up knowing this chinese japanese and maybe it's a southern thing because no but this was from massachusetts i even remember this yeah and i I, I, it was always to me the look at these was about the boobs right so it was sort of like i don't know what the rest of it meant but just because it rhymed but we would do the eye this eye motion and shit like that as like little kids and i don't know where we learned it picked it up from we pick it up from those around us and unfortunately People didn't know, should have known better, but they didn't exactly know yeah. better. That's and fucked up. I, I never even thought, thought about it till like, just now. Did I tell you about the time that in middle school, I went to a predominantly black middle school and the guy, this guy was saying something and I, you know, I have a smart mouth and I said something to him. He's like, oh, you know, I don't <laughs> want to send this grass. It's so itchy. And I turned back, new kid in school. Maybe you should try showering was my response. Oh, you're mean. I know. What if you didn't have a chance to like shower because his family was fucked up and they didn't turn the water on or so? I don't know, you know. That's fucking... racist. <laughs> no, I'm saying that. Well. Okay. So I was a new kid in a new school and this guy was making PE take longer because he was going on and on about how itchy things were. 
And I'm like, why don't you try showering? And then he called me a wetback. And then, but the funny thing was, I had gone from a predominantly uh, Mexican school where I was kind of just the only non-Mexican there to a predominantly black school where I was one of the few Latinos there in general, like just blanket it. They assumed I was Mexican. I don't know. And so um, I didn't know what a wetback was. <laughs> like what? And I'm like, I knew I should be insulted, but I'm not. So whatever. So I let it roll off my back. I was like, whatever. I'm like, maybe it, I'm did sweating. It slide off your back. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, maybe I'm wet. Yeah. Like maybe I'm sweating. Like I had no idea. But then after that, let me tell you, nobody ever mentioned shit to me ever again because it was like, shit. I insulted her and didn't even bother her. But yeah. really, I was like, what's that? Like, what are you saying to me right now? Yeah. And what was benefit of growing up in in south central in mid city and being exposed to all of these cultures is you don't really i mean you can take the bad aspects out of it but for me it was more of a i was able to absorb the cultures differently and i was able to appreciate everything for what they really are and um and, and take the good out of it and i think it's just how i li- lead my life anyway it's it can be a shit situation, but I'm just going to take the good pieces and roll with it, you know? Sure. But yeah, never knowing what a wetback was probably made my middle school years a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, my middle school and high school years were down in Florida. And Florida to this day is still can have, you know, it's, it could be a very racist place. It's sort of changed a lot. Obviously, um, you know, you've got your true blue Floridians who are like born and raised there. Um, and then you've got, you know, all these other transplants. You've got people that were, um, uh, retiring there from like New York that were from maybe like Italian or Jewish or Irish, uh, descendants. And then you've got all the Caribbean, um, and you know, uh, people coming in from, so you got, you know, a mixed variety and then they kind of taken over in some ways, like Miami and certain places. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean taken over in a bad way. I just, I mean, like for some people, yeah, but for some people, they don't like that, that change where it used to be afraid of change. Do you remember, um, there was a coworker I used to have that kept the company back, like from being more efficient and effective because she didn't want to make changes. And she had a lot of information about the company. So that company was not moving forward because this one person didn't want change. Mm-hmm. People who are unwilling to change are really going to keep back society. Like if you're not growing, you're dying. And even if you think you're stagnant, stagnation is just a very slow decay. Like <laughs> you really just need to constantly be bettering yourself. Like right now, we talked about this maybe a couple of shows ago we're in quarantine. I can easily just be sitting here and getting fatter. And while I am kind of doing that, I also am learning to play bass. I'm also learning about sewing and and pattern making and such. I'm also learning, you know, I did, I learned front end development. I'm also learning, you know, all these other things that like, I am one of the people that always want to be doing something better. Good. And uh, I want to surround myself with those kind of people. Otherwise you're going to be full of shit people. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, I forgot what we were talking about. Well, originally we were maybe talking about Basket Case, but I mean, we're done with that now. I know. We're long done with that. So Basket um, Case, everybody should watch it. It's Should they? And in, I, I, I think know. they should. We say that all the time. I feel like we got to be no, the thing finding is, movies where we're like, to, don't watch this movie because it sucks. <laughs> don't watch 
now, the fog. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it's because I think people need to watch it on their own and, and see it through their own lenses. I feel like people need to watch the good and the bad. Like if you only have good things happen in your life, how are you going to know how truly good things are? You have to have some bad to be able to make the good that much more better. There's going to be a bunch of people that will watch this and not have the patience or the understanding or it's just too low budget and whatever for them. But there's other people that are, will enjoy these types this of movies. This movie is for the person know? who wants to see what it was like to be grossed out in a different decade. This movie is for a person who wants to see what you can do with a limited budget. This is for a person who wants to see what making a raw movie is without all this special effects and without all this, um, you know, visuals with, with, with no money. And if you want to take a sneak peek as to what New York looked like before, like this is great. Like even the twin towers are up. Like it's, I think it's great. I mean, the movie, you know, does it stand? Probably not as well as we would. A lot of people would like. I mean, but we're not. I think it's we're not reviewing movie. like uh, uh, award-winning. Uh, <laughs> you know, stand the test of time movies here. We're watching horror movies that are like what would we call them? B-rated horror movies, along with. I mean, we're watching a variety of everything, but in we're this genre, we're just watching movies that we haven't seen or we have seen, and we want to share them. This, like, we've seen tons of horror movies in between you know, the last episode and this episode, we just want to pick, we just pick out the ones we want to share with you. Well, we know that people that like this genre also are accepting of a lot of these, uh, all the flaws. Yeah. Flaws and stuff. And, and, uh, it's just all a different art form, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, you know what, you know what, this podcast is like mixing a bag of M&Ms and a bag of Skittles. Sometimes you get chocolate (laughs) and sometimes you get the candy. I guess you could say that. And if you like chocolate, sometimes you'll be disappointed. If you like uh, sweet. Uh, if you like candy, sometimes you'll be disappointed. But either way, it's all good stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't know if I would watch Bad Case again, like for just my own pleasure. Like, and this probably goes for a lot of the movies we've seen. I think that people, if they're interested in seeing something that they haven't seen before, definitely yeah, go check I mean, it out. For somebody to call it the sickest movie they've ever seen. See, I don't agree with that. Um, in 1982. I still don't agree with that. But, you know. I, you know what? You're right. Because. The thing is, like, that's there are a lot of like selling... the seventies. The late seventies were full of uh, rape revenge movies. That's yeah. sicker than this, right? Yeah, this is that's something that they use to try to help sell the movie, and then you know whatever. At the time, they were trying to set their trends with their little. I you spit know, on your grave is what I was thinking about. Yeah, right. But that's what I mean. When I see things that boast like this is the scariest movie or the most sickest movie or whatever, whatever, I, I just don't like to listen to that because yeah, so that they're really not. That was actually only used to promote the film after one of after uh, somebody interviewed Rex Reed coming out of the movie, and his first reaction was to say that. Who's and Rex then, Reed? I, th- I think he was a reviewer at the time. Oh, okay. Um, but his intention wasn't to call it that and whatever. He just was off the cuff. And they you started using it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, let's make this movie that's the sickest, you know, because I think they would have just gone a whole different way. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was fun. It was yeah. fun. And it's always good talking to you about the, these movies. Yeah. yeah just shooting the <laughs> shit with you. I, I like that you're accepting of my theories, even though the director probably had no intention of it being <laughs> this way. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all for us today. Yeah. I think uh, we'll close this one out, right? Absolutely. All right. Thanks so much for coming. Don't forget to check out our shop, icecreampodcast.com slash shop. And please don't forget to like and subscribe. 
email us your movie suggestions um, yeah. and give us your comments. Um, but our email is hello at icecreampodcast.com. Yeah, that's I, we'd love to hear from you. I didn't have any choice on picking that one. You, you kind of like go, it? I don't know. Hello at icecreampodcast.com. Okay, I don't know. It doesn't come off that way. It could just be mail at icecreampodcast.com or whatever. But it's hello at icecreampodcast.com. Icecreamparlor.podcast.com. No, icecreampodcast.com. That's all going to get. I think I hate you. Go to sleep. Well. Say goodnight, Stefan. Goodnight, Stefan. Okay, bye. Okay. <laughs>